Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, one by one. We will be spoiling all of the episodes that we have talked about previously, but we will be spoiler-free of details of future episodes. I'm Jason, and man, I am just... I'm still crushed. Still crushed. (laughs) I'm Harrison, and I'm wondering... Where was the titular Sarah McLaughlin song? <laughs> um, actually, with that being said, uh, and I'll wait till we, after we do like our toast and everything, I actually have some thoughts about why that song is actually not in the episode and why I'm actually glad that it's not. But <laughs> we'll get there after that we do the intro. Uh, Jason, what episode are we watching today? We are watching Angels Season 1, Episode 8, I Will Remember You. This is the one where Buffy comes to Los Angeles, and while she's there, Angel comes into contact with a demon that turns him human, and Buffy and Angel are able to live happily ever after, except not. (laughs) Um, You know, it's funny, you could say, you could... You could almost say this is the one that has almost the same plot as In the Dark, but... But done much better. Yeah, which is which is funny because um, in that uh, so in that crossover we mentioned how like oh the Buffy episode was pretty good, the Angel episode not so much. Whereas it is completely the opposite in this time Inverse. around. But yeah, like we said that uh, we said that there were better times ahead with um after after that last buffy episode pangs but uh yeah we weren't lying this is good tv uh i will remember you was written by david greenwald and janine renshaw and directed by david grossman and originally aired on november 23rd 1999 uh, a lot of david's working on in the buffy verse <laughs> uh got greenwald we got grossman we got Boreanaz. uh the director last week was a completely different david i can't remember his name but i noticed it when i was like putting this in ew david too many davids <laughs> ew, uh, david. ew david <laughs> <laughs> So, Jason, tell me what you're drinking this week. Harrison, I'm very excited because uh, this week I am drinking some beer that my brother and I brewed. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, we brewed it a while back, and I've, I've had it before. Um, uh, I believe Matt brought it over for uh, Thanksgiving. It was either Thanksgiving or Christmas. I'm pretty sure it was Thanksgiving um because that was like around the time when it was it had gone through like all of its like you know carbonation and everything so mm-hmm. um yeah brought it over and it's uh it was really good and uh he gave me the last couple bottles of it um last week and so i'm like that's well funny. now i'm gonna definitely gotta have some for uh booze and buffy at least once <laughs> very nice um i was based on our conversation last week um i originally i was gonna have a gin and tonic um but then i realized before we recorded no that gin. we were out of gin <laughs> so <laughs> i am having a glass of uh pinot grigio uh wine uh 
drinking it from one of my nice, like, uh, nicer glasses. That is a good glass. For, for funsies. That is a yeah, good this glass. glass. This glass, um, it's kind of an odd shape. I don't even really know how to describe it. It's it's kind of square-ish, almost. Um, I'll, I'll post a picture of it on the on the Insta when this episode is released. <laughs> but um, it's uh, it was a engagement gift. That, the, the set of it, not just this one glass. Um, I'm pretty sure it was an engagement gift from one of my aunts. Uh, Wait, we were supposed to get your engagement gifts? <laughs> um, have you ever told the story I, about how um i found out that you guys were engaged um i don't think i have but i will real quick so john and i got engaged at uh red river gorge uh we take a our, our friend group rents a cabin down at the gorge once a year um usually at the gorge but we've also done some trips at some other places um and uh we this was nearly six years ago it was 2015 we were on our trip and jason wasn't able to get there i yeah until like the very last day for i am i think it was your job yeah i I was working at a place that wasn't too great i won't go into details about that but um basically i didn't have any actual uh time off accrued yet um it was fairly early on into my time working there just a couple months and uh like they were like the whole group was there that weekend and i had to work friday saturday and sunday but as soon as i got off work sunday like lit and it was like around two in the afternoon because i was working like 6 a.m to 2 p.m but like as soon as i got off work i like stopped by a liquor store to pick up some booze because i mean you don't go to a cabin trip without booze and then um (laughs) And then I drove right to Red River Gorge. And the funny thing was, I didn't tell anybody except Harrison that mm-hmm. I was coming. And uh, so uh, you did end up telling... Um, you, I told you Aaron, told Aaron. I think. Um, But yeah, and so it was really funny when I, uh, when I like, knocked on the door. And I, th- I think, like, John was the first person to see me because he just, like... He thought that somebody was delivering alcohol and he he came around like to the other side. He's just like, oh, you're here. (laughs) Um, And you also, that's the time, was that the time that you got, you got lost getting to our cabin and accidentally crashed a wedding, right? Or was Um, that another year? Yeah, that had to have been that year because that was, um, that was, uh, yeah, that was the first time we did a cabin at the Red River Gorge, correct? So that would have been my first time, like, trying to find oh, the cabin. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was, actually. You're right. Yeah. And accident, and it was an accidental crash. <laughs> and it wasn't the wedding. They, it they was the reception. At, it, was, it was the reception. Yes. And they gave you some cake and gave you directions. Yeah, no. They, we well, <laughs> they didn't give me any. Like, they didn't. They offered me, like, oh, here, oh. have some food. Like, have a drink. Um, and I'm like, no, no, that's so nice of you guys. But I'm like, I just want to, like, find my friends. But I wish you all the happiness in the world. <laughs> um, uh, so, <laughs> so John and I had gotten engaged that, that evening, the Saturday night. Um, it was very much on a whim. We were kind of drunk. Um, <laughs> and, and, like, it was just, like, John and I were, like, sitting out on this on this deck that like overlooked the gorge it was we just the two of us and we were talking for a long time and it just kind of happened i was just like 
I was like, I think we should get married. And we like, I proposed. And then, then he got really upset that there wasn't, um, there was no ring, um, which is weird because he hates wearing rings. And he went inside to see if anyone had a ring. And every, uh, previous guest, Skylar, gave John his wedding ring. And John tried to put Skylar's wedding ring on my finger. And I was like, this is weird. Um, it's, it's also kind of adorable, though. <laughs> Uh, it was very cute um and uh but yeah we didn't um you it had gone on facebook but you hadn't seen it yeah um, so i because you were at work and then you got immediately in your car to get there yeah i didn't get on facebook at all because um i typically like uh i typically at that job i didn't get on facebook uh they didn't like us having our phones out um and I was usually too busy to, like, look at Facebook anyway. Um, so, yeah, I was, like, woke up, went to work, and then, like, right from there, like, the only thing I used my phone for was to punch in the directions to Red River Gorge. Um, and it was... I can't remember exactly how it went down, because, like, we didn't put it on Facebook until, like, Sunday morning. Because um, John called his parents right away, but at, like, midnight... Um, but he wasn't getting reception, so he called from my phone, and I was like, this is a bad idea, and he wouldn't listen to me, and immediately his mom was like, so she looked at her phone at midnight, and I was getting a call from her son's boyfriend mm-hmm. like, while they were down at Red River Gorge, and she answered the phone, like, panicking, because <laughs> she thought someone had died, which is exactly why I was like, this can wait till the morning. But yeah, <laughs> so um, I, I'd like... I had gone into the cabin. I had said hi to everybody. Everybody's like, oh, hey, you're here. It was a nice surprise for mostly everyone. Um, but the uh, <laughs> but what was uh, what was really funny is, like, uh, we were kind of just all standing around talking like we usually do. And um, I can't remember if it was you or jo- It had to have been you. You were like, oh, you, you know, you haven't said anything about, like, us getting engaged. Kind of rude. And I was like, <laughs> you guys are engaged? And, yeah. and... <laughs> Because I hadn't seen it on Facebook. <laughs> no, that was definitely me. It was definitely me because I remember standing there. It Basically, I, I cordied is what I did. <laughs> I was standing there going like, okay, like you said hi to everyone. Now, like, like you should be saying something <laughs> to me. <laughs> uh, but it was your reaction was very funny. Just like, Yeah, I was, was already so like, I was already like, I was already like, a little emotionally winded from getting lost and finding my way to somebody else's wedding reception. So, uh, it was a good time, yeah. but, uh, you know, we it should was. probably talk about this episode, but we that should. was a fun, that's um, a fun story. Um, yeah. Um, so should we do, we should do a toast, should do a toast. Jason. What, what should we toast um, to? Here's to the next time that we get to go to Red River Gorge. Yeah, I love Red River Gorge so much. We always have such a good time on those trips. And not just the gorge specifically. Like any like we like I said, we've gone to some other places one or two years actually. We just went down and stayed a weekend at John's parents' farm and like that was lovely. It's just always nice yeah. to get those weekends away from everything. Um so before we get into into the episode, I do wanna talk about the Sarah McLaughlin song, as I mentioned in the um, uh, uh, in the in the intro, 
you would think the episode being called I Will Remember You and the subject matter that this episode deals with, they would have used it at some point. Also, we know that Buffy has used Sarah McLaughlin before. They have used Sarah McLaughlin before. I will say, I'd be willing to bet at this point, this early in Angel specifically, um, they probably weren't willing to dish out the money for that needle drop. <laughs> um, but I'm glad because as much as I, it's a lovely song, but it's so well known, you know, it's so ubiquitous that I think it appearing in the episode actually would have taken me out of the episode. It, it would have almost felt like a parody. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and um, this episode like I, works so well without it. It yeah, it doesn't need it. Um, whereas like, uh, full of grace, which is used in becoming the end of becoming part two, isn't as well known. Um, so it's it works really well. I actually think if they wanted to use a Sarah McLaughlin song, I think reprising full of grace here at the end of this episode could have been a, a cool. Uh, we, kind of we, inverse we of do that, get but... our uh, buffy and angel theme uh reprise we though. do oh, you thought we were done with it i we love, weren't. <laughs> love hearing it uh anytime I, I you know it's such a it's such a gorgeous piece of music so anytime it get it we can find an excuse to work it into the plot of an episode i'm here for it but yeah um so uh diving into the episode um i want to say that uh i believe the uh the Buffy wiki, like, its second sentence in the summary is already a mistake. It says that Angel's been back <laughs> in L.A. for three days since assisting Buffy. Um, but he, but Doyle does state that he just got back in last night. Yeah. And Buffy says he that, was... like, um, what happened yesterday, referring to, mm-hmm. like, pangs took place yesterday. Yeah. And I think at some point someone mentions... That he was in Sunnydale yes. for three days. Mm-hmm. So, um, wrong three days, Buffy Wiki. Yeah. God damn um, it. But no, they do, they do, however, make a um, an important point of, like, the first thing that's done is um, Angel winds a clock on his mm-hmm. desk. and um, so There's so much clock imagery. This antique clock, of course, the watch he gives, the oracles. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that that bit of symbolism that, that runs through the yeah. episode. Yeah. And during this scene, it's uh, the sound design does a great job of like throughout the scene, you can hear the clock ticking. Yeah, um, and um, love it. But yeah, and uh, Cordelia and Doyle are watching Angel, and um, he is very, uh, he's very. Um, it, it's kind of one of the. I think it's something that we slowly realize throughout the series, but Angel's a bit of a, a neat freak, um, <laughs> and uh, he's he's trying to get his like desk exactly right to the point where uh, like cordelia's just like oh man it must have hurt him even more uh since he's like barely showing any signs of depression he gets out a steak and and they and they immediately <laughs> like oh my gosh angel don't it's not worth it man you've got so much to live for and he's like you don't need that man yes i do i need it to need it to wedge under my desk it's not level <laughs> like oh i love how um i think ex- with the exception of one one take cordelia's way off on everything in this episode just way off she is 
the the one take i what uh, i was gonna say could i i the the time that she's not way off because i agree with you but i'm gonna say is it when she's uh basically reading the angel reading angel the riot act for what we were reading him the riot act for last week and calling him out for his secretive bullshit yeah and when buffy walks in yeah that is the only time that like her take is on the money but all of her other takes and she has quite a few are (laughs) just all wrong (laughs) all wrong but wrong in all the right yeah it's not like they're just downstairs drinking tea and having crackers (laughs) um i'm so grateful though that this episode cordelia and uh buffy both call him out for for what he what he was doing Mm -hmm. cordelia is more hers is basically on the uh more surface just like i'd be pretty pissed off but Buffy specifically brings up the point that we were making last week that um, it's her life. She has the right to make those sorts of decisions for herself and to be given the information yeah. that she needs. And I, I'm grateful. We were so frustrated with with those plot points last week. But that makes I'm it so like, glad that they were brought up. So what you just said is kind of the um, like the rational point of view, but Buffy mm. is kind of more. Um, what Buffy and Cordelia are both mad about is like the emotional point of view, yeah. but both are valid. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, uh, as you said, um, she's trying to uh, ask Angel about like, oh hey, like so what happened? And Angel says, and Angel's like saying, oh yeah, well I didn't let she didn't see me at all. I just kind of like ha- tried to be safe and it, make sure that she was safe. And Cordelia says, oh well, I mean. If, it, if I found out that my ex came to town and was stalking me, I'd be a little... And then Buffy comes in and says, upset. And um, yep. I... Cut to credit. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I love, love, love how Buffy is depicted in this episode, especially after how badly she was depicted in the last episode. Mm-hmm. I feel like yes. um, it was like Buffy was super out of character almost everyone was um in Pangs so it ironically on a completely different show that's when <laughs> yeah. we see the genuine Buffy and yeah, she felt like Buffy again yeah and and the thing is like even though a lot of it gets or even though most of it gets erased um by episodes end Angel's not the only one who had development in this episode um mm-hmm. It, it, and I guess you could say that the development is still there. Um, or at least we can see, like, where Buffy's head is, even though she can no longer see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but yeah, like, Buffy has some really good moments that are just her. And it's almost like, it, it, at times, even when it's, like, just her and Cordelia talking one-on-one, at times it's, like, it almost feels like an episode of Buffy from a couple seasons ago. Yeah, um... We'll we'll go into more depth about it later, but I love that one on one scene with uh, Angel or Buffy and Cordy like later in the episode. Um, but yeah, I I would argue that even if you um, like, even if you're not watching Angel along with Buffy, um, I, I would argue that this is still essential view. This episode is essential viewing for your Buffy watch through. Um, but I mean, you should watch both shows because they're both good. Agreed. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, 
So, uh, Cordelia, uh, it's really funny because there's, like, almost zero interaction that uh, Buffy has with Doyle because <laughs> Cordelia's just like, all right, we're going out. <laughs> and yep. and um, she, she gives him, like, a very cursory introduction and Doyle tries to, like, start a conversation and Cordelia's like, nope, we're going. Um, <laughs> and I, um, I really love that they're, like, Doyle's like, oh, we should hang around here. And she's like, no, they're going to take for fucking ever with their shit. We got time to go, you know. Uh, she has the line. She says we can go cap- like get a cappuccino and... Um, Watch the, the director's uh, cut. The director's Titanic. cut of the Titanic. So I looked this up. I there was is curious. a director's cut of Titanic. Oh, I couldn't find any... I, I didn't find information No, I, I specifically remember there is because... Um, I remember uh, having Titanic as a kid, um, and it was like, we had it on VHS, and it was in mm-hmm. blue cases, because of course there were two VHSs, because it was a long mm-hmm. movie, but I also remember that there is a that there was a gold uh, like mm-hmm. VHS set, and I remember it was an extended edition, and I was assuming it was a director's cut, but no, I'm fairly certain there mm-hmm. is a director's cut of Titanic out there, or at least some kind of extended it. cut. Yeah, I couldn't find information. I I knew that there were the what I had seen was that there were scenes that were cut that have been like made available and that fan some fans have like made their own edits, but I couldn't find anything about like like an official director's Oh, maybe cut. it didn't then what do I remember? Like it, it had to be <laughs> I mean th- there had to be cuz I remember there being like the gold maybe it was a widescreen or something that maybe i mean or maybe it was like a collector's edition that had those like it wasn't like the extent an extended edition but had like the bonus features of the the cut scenes maybe well i mean it wouldn't have had bonus features because it was vhs oh yeah i forgot about that (laughs) um anyway some of those some of those vhs's did have like bonus features that would play like after the that's true that's true i mean yeah um that's neither here nor there um but uh yeah basically angel and buffy are gonna be going at it for a long ass time like they always fucking do yeah um and i like this because um when buffy and angel's relationship ends um there's not at the end of season three there's not really a lot of follow-up to that i mean Mm -hmm. you see like um obviously they both their references to them kind of dealing with this in the early parts of um season four buffy and season one of angel respectively but it it feels like we kind of get the real fallout of that Mm -hmm. in this episode well they never got to have true closure yeah because angel which is due to yeah exactly due to angel making a unilateral decision for the both of them it's a it's a pretty consistent thing he does yeah um and and it's like in the prom when he breaks up with her i i there's a like i see why angel believes and i think angel's right in that episode that he has to be the one to make that call you know and we had a long discussion about about that specifically um that buffy was not mature enough and um wasn't going to be able to to make that call but as Buffy points out here, she has grown. 
she's not that same person. It hasn't been that much time, but enough time. There has is, gone by. yeah, it is a very noticeable um, growth, and yeah. uh, and she should be allowed to be a part of a, these decisions that involve her. I feel like I keep going back to this well, but I'm gonna. No, I'm gonna... I mean it, it, it's it's an important it's an important thing in this episode, um, and yeah. yeah, so there is one thing that I don't. Uh, like Buffy makes so many good points in this discussion, but there's one thing that I don't like that she says. And she says, um, Oh, well, so what? Uh, you didn't care enough about me to like, let me in on this plan. And that's a bad conclusion to jump to. She Mm -hmm. like, if she ever wants, like at this point, she should never question how much angel cares about her. Yeah, I agree. But I all like, I agree with you that she's wrong. I also agree how, or I, I see how in a, in this very emotional state, yeah, she could get there. Like, I mean, it's just that I've everything that. else, it, everything else that she talked about was in the right, except that yeah. part. And that's, and unfortunately, I've been in like a relationship or two where, um, sometimes you jump to like those conclusions, like, oh, such as, oh, you did such and such. You obviously don't care about me. I hate hearing mm. that in fiction. I hate hearing that in real life. Um, it's yeah, ugh, it's yeah. It's an it's an awful yeah. conclusion to jump to. I'm sorry, like that. I was bringing well, a little no, bit of a, a little bit of my life into this because <laughs> it is a little gaslighty, you know. And I don't think that was Buffy's intention here. I think she was speaking from just an overly emotional place and said something that wasn't quite accurate. But yeah, it's uh, she. What she was doing was invalidating how Angel actually felt, mm-hmm. um, not how w- w- her other points, which were how his actions affected her. Yeah. Um, but uh, also, I just want to point out, Buffy lies out of her fucking ass when they're like, "What are you doing in L.A.?" She's like, "Oh, just visiting my dad. Thought I'd stop by." No, you fucking weren't. You came Buffy. here to chew out Angel. <laughs> Um, if you if you were if you cared so much about visiting your dad, you would have had that big Thanksgiving meal that was so fucking important to you <laughs> with your dad. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so um, they like Angel does eventually apologize for how he handled things, even though he's still kind of like, oh, you know, I'm sorry that it made you feel this way, but I mean, I still feel like I did the right thing. Sure, Angel. Sure, Jan. Um, <laughs> sorry, like, no, um, really quick aside. Um, last month uh, in January at work, um, when we write out the dates for our stuff, we always have to, like, sign and date things. Um, mm-hmm. We write out the dates. We typically stick with the military format, which is, like, date, three letters, uh, first three letters of the month, and then the last two digits of the year. So, like... Um, January 28th, 2021 would be 28 Jan 21. And mm-hmm. I, I obviously had to write out um, dates like that a lot in a single day and like over a month. And anytime I wrote out Jan in my head, I would always say, sure, Jan. <laughs> nice. Have you ever seen the, uh, the uh, it's, it's an edit someone's made of the sure Jan uh, clip but it's sure clan instead with a K Um, and people use it to respond to like 
whenever people post like veiled racist comments or not veiled racist comments, we'll see people <laughs> or you know, the flat out clan. outright. <laughs> that's yeah. that's amazing. Um, I um I I follow that Nicole Brown on uh, uh on Twitter, uh, aka Shirley from Community, and she uses that one a lot. And every time I like I get a kick out of it, it's very funny. <laughs> but yeah, so um. Buffy thinks like, oh, I still think I did the right thing. Sure, Jan. Um, <laughs> but uh, so they decide that they're just going to stick to what they did before. Just keep their distance. And and then like you get the very important uh, line until we and Angel just says forget. And I mean, you can't. And that's the thing about relationships. Um, like you can forgive but uh you can't forget for better or worse um mm -hmm. and yeah and i feel like with a couple of exceptions um and exceptions that include experiences that i have not had and i will not speak to because i am uh i have not been in that situation but um i think you should always remember all your relationships even if they end on a sour note like i said there are a few exceptions um but uh because that's the thing like even if it's not a good relationship you typically it you typically grow over the course of it and mm -hmm. um yeah like i know in all of my yeah. yeah in all of my relationships i know that i have like um learned something about myself and like okay well now i know more about what i want from a relationship so it's you should never forget them yeah, well, I think there's a difference between forgetting uh, and, you know, burying that sort of stuff and putting it in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, you can put those relationships in the past, but as you said, you, you, you'll you always learn something. Um, even if what you learn is never be with that sort of person yeah. ever again, that's a valuable lesson. I mean, like, it's like my buddy Timon always says, you got to put your behind I, in the past. I was going to... I was gonna use the Rafiki reference when Rafiki is hits him on the head. He's like, "What does it matter? It was in the past." <laughs> like, oh uh, gosh, so I'm, the, I'm really grateful that we were both on that same Lion King wavelength. The philosophical uh, font <laughs> that is the Lion King is just fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Buffy is about to leave when a demon that's uh, wielding a crazy sword is uh crashes through the window and uh buffy and angel of course try to fight it um angel's able to uh get the sword and uh stab the demon and his he starts bleeding and it's this really bright green blood like fluorescent it's like what yeah you put like in a glow car. stick <laughs> <laughs> yeah like th um, like this guy's ready for a rave what did you think of this uh, demon design? It's. I feel like it would be more interesting if we had more background, and yeah, that, that's the problem. Like, apart from the, uh, we honestly never find out who sent the Mora demon. Um, yeah, like the only thing we truly find out about them is that their blood has the regenerative properties, and. Also, you can kill them by smashing the jewel on their heads. Uh, but I, th I think that they could have been... I don't know. I feel like you could have like built more on them. 
I don't blame yeah. the writers for not doing that. They really are just kind of a plot device. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I think the design's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I, I felt everything you just said. I felt all that, and yeah, I feel like if we weren't, if this were just a standard episode and it didn't have this heavy emotional core with the human angel, but his relationship with Buffy, all that, I'd, I'd feel a little more shortchanged. But at the end of the day, yeah, they're a plot device. They're a bit of a contrivance, but that doesn't bother me. I feel like sometimes people go, well, it's a plot device. It's a contrivance, whatever, as just a blanket negative. And I don't think that's always the case. I think um, if it's a plot device or contrivance that has been used to uh, resolve a story, I think that's bad. But if it's one that's kicking off a story, that doesn't really ever bother me. Like this demon serves a purpose to turn angel human yeah that's its role um so yeah i maybe i would have liked to have learned a little more about it but at the end of the day i guess it's really not that important Um, yeah and we i don't think we ever see the mora again so uh no yeah but um, yeah it does it does feel a little weird though to have just within the larger overall picture that there is a creature out there that's blood can just cure vampirism and that never comes up again yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, it's an it's another way of like uh conveniently like it, it's smashing the gem of amara it's sweeping yeah. it's sweeping this big thing that is important and could be used for important things under the rug um yeah so uh they decide it is really funny that um after angel stabs uh the uh the mora he uh, uh the mora hits buffy and then jumps out the window buffy and angel find themselves on top of each other of course <laughs> um, so oh, they did- oh hold on hold on one second though i we we skipped over the fact that um cordy and doyle are still in the office when the mora, oh, yeah. mora demon attacks and Doyle is like, oh, we should go help figure out what that is. And Cordelia just thinks that Buffy and Angel are fighting. And she's like, oh, no, this is just what they do. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, um. Cordelia. Sure, Jan. <laughs> In fairness to Cordelia, though, um, like... All of even when she's wrong throughout the episode, all of her conclusions are based on her own experiences <laughs> with this couple. Yeah. So, um. Um, but yeah, uh, Buffy and Angel decide that they're gonna um, go after the uh, go after the Mora, and um, it always sounds like I'm saying the Mara from the classic Doctor Who, and uh, see. I was about to, every time I go to say it, I come close to saying the Moira, and I'm like, it's not Catherine O'Hare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just pictured, like, Moira coming in there just, oh, I'm going to kill you, you foul vampiric beast. <laughs> um, If I can figure out the Photoshop, um, I, we might have a promo image for this episode. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm if my skills are that uh, are up to it, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, but, the, but yeah, and uh, and Buffy says like, "Oh, you got a place that I can change," and um, I like this because um, I like that 
Buffy's looks in this episode are very classic Buffy. I mean, mm-hmm. minus minus a black leather jacket. But um, yeah. I, I I love I love the like the black pants and the white shirt, uh, the white long sleeve shirt. They're just so so classic Buffy, and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of the perfect thing for her to wear when she's on another show. Yeah. Um. And this outfit that she wears, this white sweater and the dark pants, um, makes, you know, I don't know if they're the exact same pieces, um, but they look very, if they're not, they, they're very similar pieces, um, make an appearance, I think, pretty iconically in my favorite episode of the show, The Gift, um, which is the season five finale. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. And it's, and yeah, it's. It's an iconic look. Yeah. Uh, for an iconic episode. Yep. Iconicity. You love it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so they go into, um, so they decide to follow through the sewers because, hey, it is the daytime. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and Buffy has a stake. Um, even though like it's not a vampire she's like I know how to use this <laughs> also I think it's kind of like I think she's still a little pissed at Angel so it's like hey just so you know I got this and Angel's just carrying around a it big old axe me, <laughs> it reminds me a bit of in The Wish when uh, Buffy has the stake to go kill Anyanka um, as she was known in The Wish um, and uh, Giles is like she's not a vampire and like the buff wish first buffy's like well kill you'd be surprised how many things a stake through the heart will kill i mean it, it'll even kill a deputy mayor oh <laughs> but uh r.i.p eh, i mean he wasn't he wasn't the best guy in the world um <laughs> but uh but yeah um uh they decide to continue their um their talk and uh Bubby's like that's the last thing I need another heart-to-heart sewer talk because of course when Angel broke up with Buffy it was in the prom episode while they were walking through the sewers so great (laughs) great great Angel you you just way to go Angel (laughs) (laughs) yeah um... um Angel tells Buffy that he feels weird and Buffy goes on a monologue about uh, how, yes, seeing him does feel weird. And she gets really, really, really honest. Um, and uh, he's like, oh, um, I actually meant the uh, the demon blood that got on me is making me feel kind of strange. Yeah. Classic. Um, but I do like that he does. Um, he does say, like, no, it is. He, yeah. he doesn't immediately invalidate like what she says or make her feel awkward he's like no 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 i mean you're right it does it does feel weird um i can feel physically weird because of this demon blood and weird about the state of our relationship mm-hmm. i'm a three-dimensional character <laughs> but uh but yeah so they decide to uh split up um buffy because they get to a ladder um, and, uh, they're not sure which way the demon went, so Buffy goes up into the daylight, and, uh, Angel keeps pursuing in the sewers. Um, um what fantastic, just visual symbolism, um, 
of Buffy ascending into the light and Angel continuing to descend into the darkness. I, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Top Ooh. drawer. Um, Good stuff. Good stuff. Angel eventually finds the demon and um, they get into a fight. Uh, demon still has a sword. He uh, And he hits... Um, and he's able to cut Angel's hand. Um, Angel then, like, just... He, he goes all vamp. He goes all teethy. And um, <laughs> and then, like, they... And uh, Angel eventually does uh, kill the demon. That, uh, that bright green blood gets on his cut hand and um, starts mixing with his blood. Ew, David. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, but then, like, he just falls to his knees and and there's this big bright light and then he looks around and he just says i'm alive so angel's yeah. a human y'all Whew. and you know what humans are humans are hungry so let's go back to the office yeah and, uh... <laughs> um angel comes into the office uh, oh well first first Cordelia and Doyle are in the office. They go into Angel's office. There's a huge pile of dust on the floor. And Cordelia goes, oh my god, she killed him! And remember, then she goes, we were talking, oh. <laughs> remember when we were talking about how Cordelia's takes are almost all wrong in this episode? Even when Angel comes in, she's like, wait a minute, you just came out of the sunlight, so you've got an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, there is this moment when Angel, uh, Angel's standing in front of the window and he's like basking in the sunlight. This, uh, this moment would have worked a lot better for me if we hadn't seen Angel fighting the Mora demon with Buffy in the office earlier in like full sunlight. Yeah, and honestly, that is... (laughs) That is a problem that this series has. There's clearly... Very inconsistent. Yeah, there's clearly sunlight coming in through many of the buildings that Angel goes into. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, very, very slight mild spoiler for season five um, slash the the season finale of season four. They do eventually introduce something to explain that, to make what happens in that season actually makes sense. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's not here yet. So <laughs> no. I always, um, I was, when John and I were watching the show together, I would always joke to John when stuff like this would happen that like, um, it's like, Oh, well you see the, um, a, a vampire's ability uh, to withstand large amounts of sunlight is directly proportional to their importance to the plot. So that's what we call any vampire who's a series regular can can withstand a lot of sunlight. Um, but yeah, but yeah, the <laughs> very uh, inconsistent across both series. Angel, like we'll see, you yeah. see it with Spike too. Angel is not dead. Um, Cordelia just forgot to vacuum, and uh, <laughs> but um, Angel walks in. Cordelia notices, like, wait a minute, that was that was in full daylight. Clearly, you have an umbrella. But Doyle immediately realizes, like, he's alive, Cordelia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do kind of, I actually do kind of love that Doyle is kind of the one who notices that. Because I think yeah. um, Cordelia does care about Angel. 
but I think um, I think uh, Doyle, whereas Cordelia has her friends and Angel has his associates, it seems like uh, the only two people that Doyle's really close to at this moment in his life, um, granted, like his ex-wife is gone, so uh, we don't really know uh, what the state of their relationship is, but um, but uh, like it, like their well-being are kind of like his number one priority, mm-hmm. and so he's the first one who notices that, and I like it. I really do like that. I yeah, I like the fact that like Doyle isn't really that doesn't really seem too important in this episode um with like the exception of like oh he can get a hold of the powers that be but uh yeah yeah it's nice that he has that little kind of moment we're also seeing um obviously we see him being like he's he just intuits this um based on very little information but um we've seen cordelia also be very um observant and intuitive too but they come at it from very different places every time we see angel and cordelia interact in these ways it's on a more um it's it's on a personal level you know when um doyle and angel it's um have these sort of interactions and doyle these intuitive moments uh it's still personal but doyle's better at um uh, the supernatural side of things. Yeah. You know, he, the idea that Angel could become human is probably something that Doyle maybe wasn't thinking consciously could happen, but he recognizes how it's happened where I imagine from Cordelia's perspective, that would never have even been on her radar Yeah, um, for good reason. Like that's yeah. not been her experience. Um, it's the show is, it's so good at playing on all of these characters lived experiences. Um, to to inform their uh to, to inform their actions and their their behaviors agreed um but yeah so angel walks in and he's like it feels so weird and i'm so hungry and i love that cordelia <laughs> immediately is like look out he's gonna eat like and i'm pretty sure she was gonna say he's gonna eat us or he's gonna eat yeah. me and then but he immediately just goes to the fridge and uh, she's like everything in sight, and Sorry. and Angel first eats a pop tart, opens the fridge and eats an apple, yeah. and then um, eats some chocolate. Which oh boy, does he love chocolate? Which I mean, can loves you, chocolate. Can you blame him? Um, but then and then he eats yogurt, and he surprisingly doesn't like that. Yeah, I, I love that detail that he's like, all these things are so good. And then he gets to something, he's like, oh, and I don't like this. Like it's kind of um, like in Star Trek Generations when um, when Data first puts in that emotion chip and uh, he goes to the he goes to the 10 forward and he like has that he has that drink that Guinan gives him. He's like, oh, this has produced an emotional response. He's like, well, and she's like, well, it looks like he hates it. He's like, that is it. I hate this. <laughs> um, it, I thought of the um, the scene in Enchanted when Giselle gets like really pissed off at uh, Patrick Dempsey, and she's like, "That makes me so, so angry." And then she like laughs, and she's like, "Oh, I'm angry." <laughs> um, and then she like she's just, like wafting in the ability to feel anger for the first time, which is incidentally. 
Um, I, I, I feel like sometimes uh, in all of Amy Adams' incredible career and incredible performances, I feel like sometimes people overlook how much nuance and like how good that performance of Giselle is. No, Enchanted um, is a fantastic movie that I think people yeah. write off like um, too readily. Don't do that. Enchanted yeah. is a great movie. Uh, but, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so, um, Angel's, like, talking about how, how much he loves eating food, and Cordelia's like, oh, well, you haven't even had a, was it cookie dough mint fudge? It's, um, it, yeah, it's like, I think it's cookie dough mint chip or something, but yeah, it's definitely cookie dough, definitely mint, and definitely chocolate of some sort. Yeah, no, that is, like... That is a lot of flavors, like, all in one. Um, now, it's a little too much for me. Like, yeah. I could do mint and, like, chocolate. I could do, like, maybe the mint and the cookie dough, but, like, all of them in one. So one. I am actually not a fan of mint ice cream. Um, ah, I, yeah, I've tried it. Um, I tried it once because uh, a friend of the show, Ben Gerhardt, is a huge fan of uh, mint chocolate chip ice cream. And um, I remember having it, and that, that is kind of one of the classic ice cream flavors. Um, mm-hmm. I, I say classic and like, oh, it's a classic beyond, uh, you know, just your chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. Um, it's kind of like cookies and cream level and, and cookie dough mm-hmm. level of classic. But um, yeah, I tried it and I don't know what it is. I guess I just always associate mint with cleaning. Um, mm, like toothpaste. Toothpaste. Toothpaste, mouthwash, dental floss, like that's that's what I associate mint with. Oh, and even like chewing gum, um, is probably like mm-hmm. the furthest way from cleaning that I get. Uh, so yeah, like I've had mint in a couple of different things, and in a couple different things dessert wise, never never really caught on to it. So it's really funny because um, uh, my I'm as Jason knows, and I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast, my family is Lebanese. And uh, uh, mint is like a staple, like uh, uh, in cooking, in Lebanese cooking. Um, so for me, I my association with mint is um, uh, is as like a seasoning in all of the foods that I ate growing up. There you go. Um, so it's it's kind of funny how we have these different um, different associations. <laughs> I am curious though, um, what is your go to? ice cream flavor cookies and cream without like a doubt like the most comforting ice cookies and cream yes i love cookies okay. and cream especially in milkshake form like a cookies and cream mm. milkshake it doesn't matter if it's from uh it doesn't matter if it's from uh steak and shake or comfy cow or anything but a cookies and cream milkshake if i go into a if i go into an ice cream shop that is like what that is one of my go-to's um with slowly, very, um, very closely followed by um, peanut butter shake. I love, okay. I love like peanut butter ice cream. But I find that, I find that uh, actual just plain peanut butter ice cream, or peanut butter shakes aren't as common, um, as like you mm-hmm. know typically it would be like oh Reese cup or Butterfinger or something like that. Not just like plain, like I mean kind of like chocolate ice cream but peanut butter. Um, that isn't yeah. as prominent, uh, and um, I think that's a big mistake. But uh, but Dairy <laughs> Queen actually has uh, Dairy Queen's one of the first places I found that actually had just a straight peanut butter shake, like not a not like 
peanut butter cup or butterfinger or anything it's just peanut butter shake just and pure i peanut butter. and i love it uh but no cookies and cream is definitely like my go-to ice cream um and my go-to milkshake too so nice for me my go-to ice cream and i i you know i love lots of different ice creams but like my go-to is um black raspberry chip whoa um, i kind of want to try that now because oh you've never had it no um so it's um great if you ever go to graders it's like their signature okay. flavor well but um uh kroger has the premier selection has like okay they the premier selection brand has one that's just as fucking good it's mm. um so now you know i don't know if you knew this but uh um i actually didn't really even like ice cream until college that's so upsetting to me <laughs> you no no uh, it's I'm, actually funny because um it was junior year of college and um i don't know what it was i guess as a kid i was just so picky but there were almost mm-hmm. like zero desserts that i liked in fact the only sweet things that i really enjoyed growing up were reese's peanut butter cups and uh and butterfingers um and those aren't really even that sweet because it's like, it's peanut butter yeah, which is more savory uh, salty yeah um but uh but yeah and so um and i just like i had this aversion to ice cream because like when i was a kid it just like came across like oh this is so cold i don't know if i like it um but then uh stop making fun of me but um i'm not making fun of you but the um laughing near you (laughs) but uh then um uh at uofl we uh they had opened up junior year they had opened up this uh the Ville Grill, which is like this big mm-hmm. buffet style place for students to eat. And you can basically like eat however much of whatever you want there. And they had a wide selection. Um, uh, it just like, you know, once you leave, you got to pay for another visit. Uh, but yeah, when I mentioned that, everybody's like, no, we're not letting you not like ice cream. <laughs> so, so they you like bullied into liking ice cream. I really did. No, they forced me to eat chocolate ice cream right then and there and hey my taste buds had developed and uh yeah i was totally down for it and so i um ended up trying more until eventually like discovered that cookies and cream was was my bag very nice very nice yeah next time you're at kroger i recommend getting like just a pint like one of the little pints of the premier selection black raspberry chip mm. very I'll good look also into that. they're um cherry cordial it's also really really good love that okay one. um but uh back anyway. to uh back <laughs> to new ice cream fan angel um he decides that uh well first he tells cordy to like get that ice cream for him um <laughs> and uh which i guess he hasn't had ice cream yet um he yeah. just had the chocolate. He freaked out about the chocolate. And so Cordy's like, oh, well, here's this, like, cookie dough mint fudge. He's like, no, yeah, get that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, but he does say to Cordelia, like, oh, tell Buffy, like, you can stop the hunt, but don't say, like, what's happened to me. Because he doesn't mm. know, like, I mean, obviously this is, this is a huge thing. And it's very easy to think, like, oh, there's got to be, like, some strings it's got to be temporary it's got to be like there's it's yeah. just a spell or something like that um doyle finds uh the mora demon in a book that angel has and uh he does say that um he does say that uh 
it needs lots of salt to survive, which is why um, earlier while they while Buffy and Angel had been searching for it, they realized that it had gone to look for um, water. It was trying to get to the ocean, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, it says that uh, it its blood has regenerative regenerative qualities, and um, it kind of and it, he says that it works for the other side. So it's kind of like Angel and Buffy, but for the other side. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it says that, like, its blood in its veins runs the blood of eternity, and the only way to defeat it is to uh, bring light to the thousand eyes or something like that. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. Why can't it just... Why can't these fucking <laughs> books ever just say, smash the big-ass jewel on its head? Because they're not, Although, because they, 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 they these writers are writing with flair like these aren't no. these aren't meant to be uh, these aren't meant to be like how to instructions they're like oh here like um, view the storied history of this fierce beast. I will say though, at the very end, when Buffy's like, "How did you know?" Uh, like after everything's gone back to normal, and she's like, "How did you know to to do that?" Um, part of me wanted to be like it's got a huge jewel in its forehead of course that's how you kill it like <laughs> yeah it's like, obviously it's read like, a book buffy it's like um <laughs> in every legend of zelda game um yeah. i feel like 9.5 times out of 10 you know where you need to hit the boss like yeah a couple seconds like, where's into its the giant fight. eye <laughs> they even make a joke about that in skyward sword with kalaktos on how like it has a very clear um it is very this very clear big red spot on its stomach you're like oh that's clearly the weak spot and like you initially tried fighting it but then like it kind of learns and then puts a grate over it puts this cage over it you're like (laughs) ooh, pretty sneaky Oh, nice. But um, oh, before we move on to this next scene, sure. though, I just want to make one. Um, I just want to point out, Angel is essentially stealing his employees' food. Um, everything that's in that fridge has to be Doyle and Cordelia's. Um, <laughs> uh, they should call their union. <laughs> they don't have a union. They don't even have severance packages. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the severance package. <laughs> or lack thereof. That was, that was funny. But yeah, so, um... Okay, so, uh... Angel is still kind of, um... Is still kind of wondering, is this really what's supposed to happen? Now, when Doyle first showed up in the show, he said that the powers that be sent Angel... Or sent Doyle to help Angel and guide him on what his purpose is. Angel thinks, like, oh, well, I need to talk to the powers that be. So, um, Doyle says, okay, well, then I guess we can try to talk to the oracles. So, he's able to, um, so this, uh, Gateway for Lost Souls, which is underneath Underneath the the post post office, office, (laughs) uh, which makes sense when you think about it. Uh, (laughs) Very fitting. Angel is able to go through it, um, and meet the oracles, which are two... They say they look like kind of two Greek looking. Yeah, they look like they're out of a uh, out of an episode of Star Trek. Honestly, um, yeah, they do. <laughs> but I like. I really like their makeup and design. I think it's it, cool. It's, very it's, it's something different. that's yeah. It's something that you don't see a lot in uh, in Angel or Buffy, to tell you the truth. Yeah, 
Um, it's it's very um it's a little uncanny and you know in a in a good way and I just I enjoy seeing this world begin to open up a little more. And um, this and we're, is we're learning more. This is a huge thing because the powers that be really have kind of just been this statement that Doyle has been saying that um oh well like this is who you work for uh but now we actually see kind of a physical manifestation of it yeah that's kind of huge just not only for angel the series but also for the whole buffy verse because Mm -hmm. because the um like this is clearly like a guiding force of creation um yeah and I mean, Ooh, that was very, very poetic and lovely. Oh, thank you. I liked that. Um, thank you. A guiding force of creation. Ooh, but I yeah, like plagiarize that. <laughs> but the um, <laughs> you're welcome to it. But the uh, but yeah, and even Buffy's destiny is tied into the whims mm-hmm. of uh of the powers that be. Uh, it's just you know never brought up in Buffy. Buffy's just kind of like, oh, I'm the Slayer. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this is honestly another huge development um, in this episode. And uh, when uh, Angel first sees the oracles, they said, oh, well, what have you brought us? It's like, I was supposed to bring you something. And, the, and, um, and so he immediately just gives them the first thing that he can think of, which is his watch. Um, the, uh, the female oracle... And I'm only saying female because that's what it appears to be. For all I know, yeah. these 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 uh, entities could be beyond nature, uh, beyond gender. Um, yeah. But uh, the female presenting. Yes. One. Um, but the uh, yeah, she just immediately kind of like you pulls like telepathically pulls that watch over. She's like, "Ooh, I like time. There's always so much of it and so little." I like that. That was a good line. Um, so. I have um I have several gay agendas this week. And <laughs> my first gay agenda is the male oracle who's super gay. <laughs> like just like he is like he's so like snippy and sassy with Angel and um <laughs> and with the other oracle. Um but yeah, uh gay gay oracle is my my first gay agenda for this week. There you go. I think I have a feeling my other gay agendas are pretty predictable. <laughs> but, um, so, uh, the, yeah, so the oracles do say, they're like, hey, you are alive, you're human, you're released from your fealty. So, um, I like, uh, that's another huge thing that, like, Angel's mm-hmm. destiny, like, he is supposed to play this big part. In fact, they even... Now they make they make kind of like the first reference to something that'll happen later on in the series, but they do say, "Have you mm-hmm. defeated evil?" Because um, he said, "Is this supposed to happen um, about turning human?" And they're like, "Oh, well, have you defeated all evil on Earth?" So apparently, it like and again, like I said, this is a little bit of a mild spoiler, but they're making the reference to it right now. Apparently, if Angel's able to defeat the great evil, he can become human. So, just kind of keep that in the back of your all's heads for a little I wonder, while. I wonder. I wonder what will. What how? <laughs> but um. I wonder how that'll how will how that'll turn out. But uh, they do. <laughs> Sorry, but I don't know why I'm making those sounds. 
Hey man, I just roll with it. But yeah, um, but at this You're point, the oracles did say like, well, this this happened, so you're released from your fealty, and um, yeah. Angel Angel like goes back, and it it's this really funny line, it's just like, oh man, you just went through. He's like, uh, it's like what? I was in there for like a few minutes, and he's like, no man, check your watch. Like, well, I can't, Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, you forgot to tell me that uh, you didn't tell me I needed to bring a gift, and Doyle's like, ah, yeah. Knew I was forgetting something. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so Angel does, and Doyle says, like, well, I mean, I guess you can do anything you want. Real question is, what do you want? And, um, and so... Smash cut to Buffy. Smash cut to Buffy, and this... Actually, this is, this is not the smash cut <laughs> to Buffy. Um. <laughs> but, uh, I do, I love this scene. I, I love that it's the great. very first thing that he thinks of that he wants is Buffy and I love Buffy um in her iconic clothes turning around um seeing uh seeing Angel walk out of the shadows into the light and mm-hmm. just plants one on her and you're like oh. yay well and you we know that this is like uh, this has been Buffy's fantasy. She's talked about it before. And it's been Angel's fantasy, to see, too. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, you're right. To, to be able to be in the sunlight together. Um, and it's... Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a good scene. It's it good is. Scene. Um, so this is when uh, Cordelia's talking about... Uh, oh, their forbidden love. <laughs> um, like, they've been down there for two hours... Um, so it's clear what they're doing. I mean, they're not just having tea and crackers and downstairs angels pouring tea out for Buffy. Yep. And, uh, (laughs) yeah. And so they, so angel is trying to say, I don't want to, you know, you're, you've got your life in Sunnydale and I just come and disrupt it. Um, I think maybe we should just kind of ease into it. And Buffy's like, but I really, I really want to like just bang you right now (laughs) (laughs) and um and Uh, turns out that angel wants that too so like as soon as their hands touch that's when they're like because every time we touch i get this feeling and every time we kiss i swear i can fly um yeah they they sorry i just (laughs) saw something take control of your body via the via facetime i mean in all fairness like uh anytime i like just get into that song i get into it uh, that song <laughs> that song slaps i actually had there's this really fun metal version that i've heard of it and it's actually pretty awesome <laughs> okay. um anyway uh but uh, yeah so they start making out and uh throw everything off of the kitchen table uh the mm-hmm. the neat freak the neat freak is just gone so, uh, Harrison, do you want to talk about this next scene? All right. <laughs> Let me stretch. Let me, uh, okay. So, we get a cut to Angel buck-ass fucking naked uh, with, like, just, like, uh, first it's just the refrigerator door covering him. And he's got, like, getting piles upon piles of food. Um... Just do you remember back in season three when uh, Faith declared that slaying makes you hungry and horny? 
Just saying. Busted oh. makes me feel good. <laughs> and yeah, he um closes that refrigerator door and there's literally there's just enough of like the table uh to cover his 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 uh his little boreanas <laughs> as he like scurries naked across the apartment. And I have listen I was already like openly gay the first time I saw this show. Mm-hmm. I had, I you know, I had had sex for the first time. You know, I had I'd gone through the stages, but I saw this scene when I was you know I was seventeen years old, and I went, I might be gay. And then I was like, wait a minute, I am gay. <laughs> I might be really gay. At like, oh, it's. So my second gay agenda is uh, Naked Angel scurrying across his kitchen uh, with his food uh, also um, uh, post-sex. Also a gold star to the uh, to the Buffy wiki. Later, Angel raids the fridge in the nude, bringing an impromptu picnic back to bed for Buffy. <laughs> the two of them spend much of the night together essentially exploring being human. Oh, because oh, then... <laughs> Cause then, cause then, cause uh, Angel accidentally like drops some ice cream on him. I'm actually shocked that this. Yeah, and like, and Buffy licks it right off. Oh, (laughs) okay. I'm like my fanfic came to life. (laughs) Sorry, I'm getting a little sweaty. I'm like, like I'm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little turned on right now. Just dude, this is, about it. dude, and this is sensual <laughs> AF. It's, I am really, really shocked that we get the shot of her licking it off. Like, I think the only thing that made it like, got this past the sensors is that like her hair falls and like covers the actual, like, like the actual tongue touching skin. Yeah. But I was like, this is the WB. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but in all fairness, you look at CW shows now. It's true. um, Maybe maybe I'm being the prude right now, but it just, it feels like a lot to get past the censors of 1999. I I don't think you're wrong. um, Because, like, I am talking about CW shows now, like, basically around, like, 2010 onward um, Mm -hmm. versus... WB in like 2000 in 1999 slash 2000 and uh yeah they they definitely got a little looser um but yeah no like I I thought the same thing I'm like whoa that's a that's pretty intense um um well I want to there's a oh gosh I there's a lyric in an episode of um I'm gonna try I'm gonna find it real quick um in an episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is a sub, uh, well, was a WD, uh, WB, CW, God damn, CW, I said sub WD. You did. <laughs> um, it was a CW show, and there's a song in the third season called Strip Away My Conscience, and, um, Oh, find... I've seen that one. Yeah, Because that's like the, the one where she's, that's the one where she's with that guy who's kind of like a jerk and um Mm -hmm. okay yeah and it's like it's a very fossy uh style uh um song and where is the because there was a lyric that was when i watched the episode for the first time i went 
oh my god i think i know um, what you're talking about but i can't recall the lyric but i, I believe we've actually talked uh, about this oh my god okay yes it's so tell me about your sins and shock me with their luridness let me be your pupil let me choke on your cocksure yes and I when I was watching I was watching the episode live because that show was that was like appointment TV for me. Um, I would always watch it as it was airing or like the very next day if I if I wasn't able to. Um, and I that line happened and I went like I like I grasped my <laughs> pearls. Whoa. I was like oh, um, I, not that be. I was like, offended. Obviously, I just talked about getting like actively horny on the podcast. Um, but I was I was very surprised that that made it onto television. Um, so anyway, yeah, all uh, that is to say is this is a really really hot scene. So um, I I just want to say um, the given how this episode ends, um, I love that we are able to make light of so many of the things in this episode. This episode. This episode is a heartbreaker in the end, but oh my gosh, does it have it's humor? joyful throughout. Yeah, no, it has humor. It has just like this fulfillment. It has um, just delight in it. And that's, I think that's, and again, like a show, a show that like was created by Joss Whedon. Um, it, if that's happening, if you're feeling really happy in an episode, it means it's setting you up for Watch feeling out. really shitty at the end of it. Um, but yeah, so Cordelia and Doyle are kind of at, they're at a bar. And they're like, oh man, do we like not have jobs anymore? And uh, <laughs> Doyle is like, well, you know, at least I don't have the visions. And then he has a vision um, of the uh, yeah. Mora demon. And um, he eventually goes back to... Uh, um, he goes back to Angel's apartment and, uh, he like, Angel hears the door open and he, uh, goes out to talk to Doyle and Doyle says like, oh, hey, just a heads up. There's a, um, there's a, uh, like the Mora's regenerated self and it's stronger too. And so that's when Doyle's, that's when Angel's like, well, we got to go get it. He's like, you know, maybe we should get the Slayer to help us. Uh, but Angel's like, nah, I don't want to wake her. And, uh, so yeah, yeah. so, so that well, Buffy gets a little more... specifically, he's, he's, this kind of ties back into their conversation that they, we kind of, we, we did kind of, like, fly through their conversation before their fuck session, but that was one of his concerns, is that Buffy, um, if he's human and he's with Buffy, Buffy won't be as focused because she'll be wanting to protect him. So this is Angel's way of going, like trying to prove that he can still be the champion. Um, yeah. And this is, um, this is a thing that I, this is the first time I've thought about this in this episode. Uh, this is the first time that I thought about this um, when watching this episode, but Angel has this need to be the hero. It could be a calling. Mm -hmm. It also could just be like this personal want to have like your life be significant. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think it's probably a, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Uh, but yeah, he has this chance to be with Buffy, but he also 
can't put aside a responsibility that he feels whether real or not to help out and um yeah if he had stayed the way that he is if he had stayed human then basically he would have just been a better looking xander um and uh a much much better looking xander um and i honestly i also think it ties into his um desire for redemption too true um yeah which um, also came up in uh in the dark yeah and maybe he sees this as like a um an easy way out but i mean at first he kind of enjoys the pleasures of this uh easy way out but um yeah so he does go to fight um he does go to fight this mora but of course um he and doyle get their butts kicked um (laughs) and uh Buffy uh, wakes up, sees that uh, Angel's not there, so she goes upstairs thinking that Angel's in the office, but it's Cordelia, who is basically trying to uh, have a going-out-of-business sale and selling everything from weapons to computers. Uh, and yeah, here's where we I have... I do like when she holds up one of the weapons, and she's like, what is this? And it... Buffy's like, it's Byzantine. Yeah, she's like, is this an antique? <laughs> Uh, because yeah. <laughs> um because hey angel didn't set up a severance package for her um but yeah so angel uh or buffy and cordelia have this um have this one-on-one which we talked about and uh mm-hmm. yeah and uh he cordelia reveals like oh hey he told me not to tell you and um and uh buffy's just kind of getting upset about that and uh she um and cordelia's like you know maybe this is why angel went to go fight that demon on his own (laughs) and (laughs) oh cordy um you know what is interesting though is that um you know angel did confide in cordelia that that's what they were gonna go do um which is another just another piece showing how close Angel and Cordelia are, yeah, are really becoming. Also, also, I think he realized that Cordelia is not going to come after him the way that Buffy's going to. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Buffy does show up while Angel has been getting his ass kicked. And um, while Buffy is fighting the Mora, that's when Angel realizes, oh, thousand, thousand eyes, the jewel on its head, smash the jewel. Buffy, um, Buffy smashes his head. Buffy smashes the jewel. The demon explodes, um, but not before. Nice. Sen- um, but you know, before that happens, he does say that others are coming. Uh, like a darkness is coming. Um, and uh, Buffy's like, "No, it's it, it's okay. You're you're fine. He's gone. Everything's good." Um, and yeah, like I, I really like that scene of her just kind of like cradling a pretty hurt Mm -hmm. angel yeah Um, he's beat up yeah uh but yeah so angel goes to the oracles again and um he asks is there this time he does bring a gift he brings a uh chinese vase um i can't remember what dynasty said it was from but it was very old uh but again the uh the female oracle is like yeah i like stuff (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, so Angel asks, like, 
it i mean is it true what he's saying is there darkness coming is this the end of times and the oracles say pretty much but i mean it's not your problem anymore and he's like well what'll happen to the slayer and it's like well she'll do what all mortal beings do albeit a little sooner and uh this basically makes angel say like okay i want you to take i want you to take this back um and this is kind of like the this is kind of when it starts to get a little emotional mm-hmm. for me um so i will say i just want to throw this out there there is a fan theory that i've heard that i'd never really thought of but um i've heard the theory that the evil that they're referring to that's coming is um is the, is referring to the events that happen in the next the very next episode of angel um hero okay and that if angel had not um if angel had not got become a vampire again buffy would have t- like taken on that uh evil that we'll see in the next episode and died as a result okay um, that's just a fan theory that is i there's i don't think there's my... necessarily anything in the text to specifically but i think you could also argue that that it could be any threat that angel faces over the course of the five seasons of the show that with him out of commission buffy probably would have stepped in to to fight and possibly would have died as a result okay um Um, i'm gonna keep that in mind when we when we actually do watch that episode yeah Um, i I was thinking about that too because i don't think i've seen the episode since i've seen that theory so i'm gonna like uh, yeah i'm gonna watch it maybe with that that perspective in mind but yeah, um, this is like, like I said, this is where it starts to get a little emotional for me. So the Oracle says like, you know, we don't have to do that. Like, I mean, this is like, this is all just about love between lower beings. We don't really care about that. Um, as you said, this is the sassy male Oracle um, who's mm-hmm. clearly gay. It's but okay. um, yeah, I would say you, it's okay, Jason, you can call him gay. I, I've given you permission. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the... Uh, but then the female oracle said, like, Angel at first argues, like, oh, well, they took a warrior from you, um, and, uh, like, they took one of your champions, and, um, you know, like, now the Slayer's in danger. And uh, that's when the female oracle says, this is not a lower being. He is giving... Yes, I love that. He is sacrificing all of his happiness and love out of love. Um, and that makes him a higher being. And this is a huge thing because, um, you know, obviously we're decent human beings, um, I'd like to think. And uh, I think one of the big I think one of the big driving forces of decent human beings is um, compassion and uh, like, Mm -hmm. you know, love for other people, Uh, not necessarily romantic love. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just like, you know, unconditional love. And um there are times that's a little like nebulous here but there are times when i think about life elsewhere that isn't planet earth and i wonder um what kind of morality is there and is is compassion a universal thing or is that just something that is exclusively us like is Ooh. is compassion yeah no i'm like i said i'm i i, I think Whoa. about this no i think <laughs> about this sometimes. Up, Jason. like, like <laughs> is this 
because they're they I mean it's made several times throughout fiction how like oh um like compassion is sometimes seen as a weakness but typically mm. in heroes it's seen as their strength um so I love this depiction of like I mentioned before these the powers that be are a guiding force of creation and um they are like these universal beings and the fact that they value um compassion they value altruism they value self-sacrifice i don't know that that I just I, I like that it gives me like a little even yeah. though this is like a piece of fiction it gives me a little little bit of feeling of security um oh, okay. no i like that yeah uh but they do decide that um they will give him back his angel angel's life back as a vampire with a soul they will erase um the entire day and basically take him back to when the demon first attacked them and angel's like well what what's to stop us from doing the exact same thing she says like you'll remember everything that happened on this day and yeah, uh only him yeah but only you and that's when they that's when angel goes back and they could have they could have just sent him back in time right then and there but, but no, they no, didn't no, no. because angel once again he has made a unilateral decision mm -hmm. um you can argue um you can argue amongst yourselves if this was a good decision or not if he was allowed to make that decision um but he does make this decision I'm, i am gonna say i think in this case he does he is not given an opportunity to um he has to make this decision right now true right there yeah that's He's what not, i think like I think in this case, I know I've been the one, I mean, we've both been coming down, but I feel like I've been the one really um, who can't get over it. Um, but in this case, I am willing to say um, he didn't have any other choice other than to make this decision at the moment he did. And it's very telling that he tells her, because like you said, the oracles yeah. could have just sent him back or Angel could have just said nothing. But um, I think him telling her is showing that he's he's recognizing that, like, you know, it's not fair that he's made this decision, even though and these all these other decisions for her. Um, and uh, so he's giving her the chance to at least know about it. Um, yeah. So. Um, and then yeah. what follows is fucking heartbreak. Yeah, because Angel gets enough time to go and tell Buffy what he did. And um, she at first is really angry, but then she's just sad because... Because they have she's a like, Yeah, she's like, how am I supposed to live knowing what we had? And Angel's like, well, you're not going to remember. And um, as they kiss and the time like ticks away, Buffy says that she's never going to forget. And... Uh. Um, and then you go back to right at that point in the conversation where Buffy says, you know, we'll let time pass until we can. And Angel says, forget. And he um, starts to see 
like he sees immediately like what where he is what hap what's happening and um and uh so the mora burst in and angel gets the uh angel just immediately grabs the clock that he had been winding mm-hmm. at the beginning of the episode smashes it right into the demon's head and um like destroys the jewel it it blows up as it did before <laughs> and uh buffy's like how did you know how to do that he's like oh well i've had time to catch up on my reading and um so that's when buffy's like yeah so i guess that's it and um she leaves and uh when angel looks at the clock it is nine o'clock which is the time that the uh that the oracles sent him back um yeah so yeah that that time is like and the clock is stuck that way now because he broke the clock so it's kind of like this reminder to him of what happened mm-hmm. do you want to hear <sighs> a bit of uh a bit of trivia that might break your heart even more go ahead <laughs> okay so i i will preface this by saying I've never been able to hear this myself, so it, this could just be an urban legend. But from what, from uh, allegedly, um, Sarah Michelle Gellar was so, and uh, so very, she was very, very invested in the Angel Buffy relationship. And that's not allegedly; that's that like that's fact. Yeah. She's gone on record as saying that. And anytime she had to do one of these really intense emotional angel buffy episodes they were always really hard on her and like they would actually build time into the schedule um for the after these really intense scenes to give her a chance to like decompress because they they are really intense and um as an actor you go to those places and it's it's hard um but apparently in this episode she was she got so upset while they were filming that when they embrace you can allegedly hear David Boreanaz say very, very softly, um, and you have to like turn your volume all the way up and like really listen. But you can hear her say, hear him say Sarah to like comfort her while they're filming. Um, and it's the take that's in the episode. I've personally never been able to hear it. I, I, you know, I went and tried to find it. But, I mean, um, I- I'm tempted to go see if I can hear it. But I also don't want to watch that scene again <laughs> after having just watched no. it. It is, uh, it's, it's too much. But yeah, guys, yeah. that is, um, that is, I will remember you. Um, as I said before, this is one of my favorite episodes of Angel. It's absolutely yeah. fantastic. I've um, never ranked, like I have a top 10 of my favorite Buffy's. I've never ranked my top 10 favorite Angel episodes. But I'd be willing to bet that if I if I did, this one would probably be end up uh, end up in there. Like this is I have I know what my favorite Angel episode is. Um, you all who listen to our hot takes know that. Um, I would say that this episode, right now, having only seen the series once all the way through, and um, I'd probably say that this episode might be number three um hmm. uh, out of all of them i'll probably uh that might change the more episodes that i revisit but um right now off the top of my head having been a few years since i've watched it i'd say that this is my third favorite episode of angel yeah. i mean this is definitely my favorite episode of the show 
thus far. Oh yeah, no, this like is hands hands yeah hands down. This was able to bring like a lot of the gravitas that um you see mm-hmm. in big episodes like Becoming, and it brought it to Angel. Um, yeah. So you can see that the writer the the team of Angel is capable of creating that. So it it's it'll be very interesting going forward how they how they're able to get that emotion get that gravitas back without buffy um yeah i was about um, to say the same thing because yeah they had to bring buffy in to to get there at this point in the series but um i yeah i'm excited to uh as they um evolve the characters and the and the writing to be able to do that without without the i I don't want to say the crutch of buffy because i feel like that's unfair but um but I, you know, Buffy is a little bit of a crutch yeah. for the show at this point. And that's yeah. fine because it's the early days of a spinoff. And that's just how it is sometimes when you spin off. But yeah. Um, but yeah, Harrison, what what score would you give I Will Remember You? Oh, gosh. I. <sighs> hmm. I keep going back and forth between a 4.5 and a 5. And I think. I'm just going to go fuck it and say that this episode is five jewels that need to be smashed out of five. Yep. Um, I actually was kind of right there with you. I'm like, okay, do I want to like, do I want to give it five out of five, even though I just said that it's one of my favorite episodes and like save, you know, five out of five for like the best of Angel. But you know what? I think this is probably the best um especially of this early part of angel Mm -hmm. so yeah five pints of a cookie dough mint fudge ice cream out of five um just this episode is just amazing i was so happy and i and this kind of kicks off like a really strong sequence Mm -hmm. of episodes going forward um i like how at least the next three uh yeah of both shows i mean like um, yeah yeah no that i, I was thinking that yeah i don't um, i but, don't remember exactly what comes past that uh in a specific order but yeah we've got we got really yeah, good we, stuff coming up we do um yeah so uh and you know i actually think um we got a pretty good episode so like um i'd say four episodes because um not the next angel episode but the one after that does reintroduce a character um that is that is a really good episode now that i'm thinking about what it is and i think it's an overlooked episode yeah Um, but you'll have to wait a couple weeks to hear why we think so it's all right guys we've got so much good stuff here i'm so i'm so excited um for this next for this next month of episodes like this is gonna be awesome yeah we got through a couple clunkers um and uh so we got uh that's our reward um, so yeah, I, I, I feel like I've said everything I have to say. Do you have anything else, Jason? Just, um, yeah, d- I, I, uh, yeah, I hope, uh, if this is your first time seeing this episode, it's probably been a little bit of an emotional kick for you. <laughs> um, hopefully we were able to help you get through it. Um, I actually meant to say this earlier. I watched this episode this morning when I got up. And then I followed it with the X, uh, the X Files episode Home, um, which is, um, it's a it, it, for any 
fans of the X-Files who know, it's a really fucked up dark episode about like a, like a cannibal incest family. That's kind of like and one of the like, most famous episodes of the X-Files. It, it is. It's considered the best by many people. It's uh, the one of only two episodes that had like a viewer discretion advised before it aired. And they never, they never re-aired it, did they? Not, not on Fox. Like um, other networks would re-air it like FX, when it runs on FX and stuff. But yeah, they never re-ran it. And I remember watching it, and at just at the end of that, like two hours of watching this episode and then that one, I was just like, "Dude, that's drained. You, you're oh drained." Oh my god, I, <laughs> I was so fucking drained. I was so drained. I hope you watched anyway. something a little lighter after that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we did. We watched Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Actually, <laughs> that <that'll> probably help. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week. With Buffy Season 4, Episode 9, Something Blue. Get ready to laugh your asses off. So uh, good. Um, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij 357 and on Twitter at yamij. I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. I also have a blog where I write about a different horror movie each week. Uh, it's horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com. This week's film was um, the extremely brutal, um, I was not quite prepared for it, uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Hmm. I don't know that one, so. <laughs> I didn't know it either going in. And uh, I, I knew, basically I knew that it was like considered like very um, intense and brutal, but it came out in 86. So I kind of went in going like, so it's like, intense and brutal from the perspective of the 80s and then i was watching it i was like oh my god this is a it's kind of intense <laughs> you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter at booze and buffy or you can email us at booze and buffy at gmail.com and always remember that the and is spelled out a and d you uh uh <laughs> i started to read your line um, also, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting Arcadia Center. Arcadia Center's mission is to advance bold, effective, and equitable clean energy solutions for a livable climate and a stronger, more equitable economy. Visit www.arcadiacenter.org for more information. And as always, especially if you're an oracle, go slay and be gay. I will remember you. Cause every time we touch, I get this feeling. I was like, keep going, keep going. We'll do a mashup. Anyway, bye. (laughs) Bye.